episode 3,169 of the Survival Podcast. Welcome, friends and neighbors, if you're in the live feed. If not, please enjoy the audio that was released about an hour after the live feed ran. Meaning, if you're watching the live feed right now, that in about one hour, there's a link in the video notes below. You can go there and find all the resources and links and sources for all the stuff I have today. And, buddy, are there a lot of them. Um, I enjoyed doing Thursday's show. On the clown world, and uh, I decided there was a lot more material. In fact, I left off a story last week, and it'll be our lead today to make sure I don't screw it up and leave it off again. Do you know that people in Lebanon right now are robbing banks, like left and right? Like there were seven robbed last week, seven bank robberies. No big deal. Yeah, they're robbing the banks to get their own money out. You know, I'll tell you about that today. Biden continues to say there's no inflation because we haven't had inflation in like the last 60 days, at least as the way that they're measuring it. Like We'll talk about how dumb that is, and we'll... Listen to the potato and chief try to make his case. Tell us, I got that, Jack. I got that. Not me, Jack, like, you know, gener- generic Jack. Uh, I'll show you two clowns trying to fill the tires up on their car with propane. I'm not kidding. I'm serious. It was pretty funny. Uh, a female cop runs her mouth. It sounds exactly like the thugs so many claim cops are. I'll let her speak for herself, but I'm going to tell you why. One, this was stupid to do. But two, maybe there's an opportunity here because a lot of these clown cops are doing this shit. And wouldn't it be interesting if there was some sort of database that lived forever? I don't know. We'll talk about that. Um, the left is now calling illegals trash. The left is referring to illegals as trash. I'll tell you how they're doing that with, with like no self-awareness whatsoever. And they've literally created a media narrative doing it with no awareness And, uh, you know those 50 illegal aliens that ended up in Martha's Vineyard? Yeah, so Massachusetts needed to move them. So it took them 125 soldiers, National Guardsmen, to be able to move them from Martha's Vineyard. They had to outnumber them like 1.25 to 1. Or 2 point, I'm sorry, 2.25 to 1. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no wonder red states are broke. Ugh. I'm sorry, blue states are broke. Uh, red states are kind of broke too, but it's not as bad. It's time for uh, a discussion about real chemical trails, chemtrails, and something absolutely insane that's legitimately being talked about being done. And I'm going to tell you once again how the government feeds conspiracy theorist narratives when they're the extreme nonsensical ones, and they do that with an intention so that when the truth comes out, Everybody's already heard it for so long that they're like, yeah, whatever, and they don't listen. So after years and years and years of hearing that the aircraft taking your Aunt Edna to Atlanta was doing chemtrails, now that there's real chemtrails, well, there's been real chemtrails, but a a really big example of a a proposal to use them to to literally block out the sun. This is a good idea, yeah. Uh, No one's going to listen and pay attention. Um. TikTok, I didn't know this. I've always thought TikTok was a problem, especially for our youth. But TikTok in China is different than TikTok in the West, and it's by design. A very articulate uh, uh, cleric, who, who I think is from Great Britain, will explain that to you today. I'll, I'll, I'll play that for you. And uh, professional economists do not understand 
that taxes are an expense. There was a really great quip comment made by a follower of mine on Twitter here. Um, and I, I think it'll be eye-opening when we talk about it. Before we get into all that, let us come and reason together and discuss our sponsors of the day. Here's what I've got for you today. First off, I want to remind you guys, and you can come meet me and just a ton of other really cool people at the Self-Reliance Festival in Camden, Tennessee. Um, tickets are 75 bucks. There's also a VIP opportunity there as well. And there's a pre-event workshop on plant guilds and trees, etc. It's 123 bucks extra, includes lunch, uh, panels and discussions, Nicole Sauce, myself, Tag, John Willis, Tim Toolman Cook, Xavier Hawk, Billy Bond, Deisha Ellis, um, panel discussion with John Willis, Billy Bond, and Tim Cook, Joel Riles from Fortress Canine, Ken Ash. These people are all going to be there. John Bush, right? These are not remote presenters. Nick Ferguson, Michael Whistler. Michael and I had a great discussion not that long ago about flow inside permaculture. Uh, Nitty Bailey, we're going to have an Unloose the Goose reunion. Not all the geese, but uh, a pretty big group of geese. Uh, Dr. Ken Berry, uh, Nana McClendon, and we have a ton of demonstrations going on as well. Homeschooling, uh, protection camp. Joel Riles is going to have some pretty amazing demos going on, uh, with trained dogs actually doing simulated, uh, dog, uh, basically, uh, setting dogs after people in dog suits, right? To get bit, like a lot, a lot more than last time anyway. Lots of other cool stuff, building a Vortex T-Brew of Brian Norton. Again, there's just a ton of people who have been on the show uh, one way or another over the years, and you'll be able to get to meet them in person. Matthew Sersley, he's always done a great job in presenting here at TSP uh, workshops, and he's going to be there. He's been on the air a couple times with us. Uh, tons of stuff. Come check it out. I think you'll really enjoy it. I, uh, I want you guys to be there if you can. And, of course, we have our workshop coming up. Very, very soon in November. Tickets go on sale Saturday for that. We only take 50 people, but they got room in Camden if you want to come to that and meet a bunch of cool people. Uh, next up, next up, I also want to remind you guys about Jam Bullion. You know, guys, I often talk about stacking sats and, 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 and using uh, Bitcoin as a store of value, but I've never stopped recommending precious metal as well. I am not one of these either or guys. I believe in true diversity in your wealth preservation portfolio. And the best place I know to get silver and gold is JM Bullion. And why? You get a discount if you're an MSB member. Okay. So nobody does that for you. They have pricing that's as good or better than like Monex and Atmex and Lear Capital. Uh, an amazing assortment, great service. I can talk directly to the president if there's ever a problem. It seldom happens, but when there is, it gets freaking hammered fast. And they support the show that you've listened to for all these years, and they've been doing this for 10 years. They've been supporting us. So it's the same silver and gold. Why wouldn't you get it there? It just makes more sense, I believe. Anyway, with that, let's start uh, digging into this. And I want to talk about the fact that people are literally, at this point, robbing banks in Lebanon, that's a country for those that are not aware, um, and they're doing so to get their own money out. And in fact, just this week, seven Lebanon banks have been robbed by depositors needing their own money. So I think a lot of people don't really understand what's going on over there. There's a financial crisis. The value of the local currency continues to just just tumble into, towards zero. And the commercial banks, so it's a specific type of bank, the commercial banks 
have basically locked up funds so you can't get your own money out. So people are literally going into banks and demanding currency in the amount that they have on deposit at the bank. They're robbing the bank, but are they? Here's my question for you guys in, in the live chat. Are they really robbing the bank? If somebody takes your property against your will and you go demand it back, are you really robbing? Or are you seeking restitution? Which which one is it? Uh, by the way there, guys, drinking coffee this morning. Check out the new TSP Swag Survival Podcast Coffee Cup. Consider getting one. We've got the big size for you, 15 ounces. I was like, I don't want little coffee cups. We're real coffee drinkers right here. Yeah, but they're, they're, in, in Lebanon, they're, people are robbing the bank to get their own money. There was a woman a couple weeks ago when I first started hearing about this. It's been going on for a while, apparently. Like, her sister needs cancer treatment, and she can't get her money out of her bank account to pay for her sister's cancer treatment. Now, I know some of you guys tune out when I talk about Bitcoin, but does this make sense at all now? Having a form of wealth that is 100% non-confiscatable, but is also in a form which can be moved anywhere at any time at the speed of light. See, I love silver. That's why we have a silver and gold sponsor, but it's heavy. you got to move it around. It can be taken away from you. If you want to go somewhere, you have to find somebody willing to accept it. Bitcoin, liquid, 24-7, 365, and they can even know you have it and you give it to us. No, refuse. Take it if you think you can. Good luck. Guess the right atom in the universe. That's just one lesson here. Another lesson here is keeping some of your wealth in cash. And understanding when I say cash, I mean cash, cabbage, paper. Remember that? Like, it makes a lot of sense to have, you know, at least a few thousand dollars squirreled away in like a fire safe or something like that. You never know when you're going to need money, and it may not be that the government is directly responsible for a bank closure. We have these things called hurricanes, for instance, that tend to hit in the southeastern United States and the east coast of the United States, and sometimes they, like, wipe out a grid for a long time, a week or more, and yet you have money in the bank, and nobody has a problem with you getting the money out, but you can't get the money. It's, it's not It doesn't matter if you're allowed to have it if it's not accessible to you. So it makes sense to have some cash on hand as well. Um, but this is one of those things, and I, I want people to be really careful in how they process this problem. This is one of those things that people go, that's a good thing we live in all the good old United States of America where stuff like this don't happen. Remember, I can't remember who it was that said it. It was an artist. It might have been John Lennon. When they tell you it can't happen here, it's about to happen here. Now, to be fair on that one, our media has been pretty much silent on this issue. We really have not, like I haven't, I don't watch TV very much anymore, but I, from what I can tell, this is not ending up like on Fox News or something. I would suspect if it's on Fox, it's on like Tucker Carlson. I'm sure it's not on, on like the pinhead like MS, MSDNC and, and what have you. I'm sure CNN. I'm sure they're not covering it. I'm sure they're not covering it. Cause why would they? This is, this is not matched the narrative well, but I, I just think we need to take a lesson from other parts of the world and how upside down is the world? Did you, did you ever think, wouldn't you think if you heard 
you know, suspect breaks in a bank to rob bank of own money. It would have Florida man in the headline. Florida man breaks in a bank, robs bank to get his own money out. Like you would think it would be something like that, something like dumb, not a real world situation. And I know this sounds kind of dumb and it kind of sounds a little bit funny when you just think of it as a headline. This is not funny. This is people seriously suffering. Because government has decreed that the needs of the many, well, don't matter. That the needs of the few, the government, they're what matters. And that they need to stabilize their currency by not letting anybody use it. I'm telling you guys, we, you need to learn from the stuff going on. We need to stop this mentality that we have now. That people still think not here. It's not going to happen here. It's not going to happen to us. That only happens in other parts of the world. You've seen enough in the last two years. And here's your president right now. Yeah, Joe Biden, he's your president. Not mine. And I don't mean like, remember all the people that were tweaked off about the orange man and they're like, not my president. I don't mean that way. I mean, I just don't participate in the ass clown circus. I don't accept any of these people as my president. I am not looking for... Uh, an overlord or a leader. But I want to play this to you right now. You guys let me know if the sound comes through. I think I figured out what went on last week. You guys in the live chat, let me know if you can hear us uh, five by five or what have you. Mr. President, as you know, last Tuesday, the annual inflation rate came in at 8.3%. The stock market nosedived. People are shocked by their grocery bills. What can you do better and faster? Well, first of all, let's put this in perspective. Inflation rate month to month was just uh, 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 just an inch, hardly at all. You're not arguing that 8.3 is good news. No, I'm not saying it is good news, but it was 8.2 or 8.2 before. I mean, it's not you. I, mean, I can make it sound like all of a sudden, my God, it went to 8.2 percent. It's been it's the highest inflation rate, Mr. President, in 40 years. I got that. But guess what we are? We're in a position where for the last several months it hasn't spiked. It has just barely, it's been basically even. And in the meantime, we created all these jobs and, and prices have, have gone up, but they've come down for energy. The fact is that we've created 10 million new jobs. We're in a sense, we came to office. We're in a situation where we, the unemployment rate is about 3.7%, one of the lowest in history. We're in a situation where manufacturing is coming back to the United States in a big way. I, I, guys, I, again, it, it amazes me that we're sitting at a time in history where a president's looking at an annualized inflation rate of over 8% and trying to pretend that there's good news. This is our transitory inflation. And I think this is like, this is evidence to me that half of all people will believe anything at any given time. It just matters what side of the dichotomy they fall on. So, what I would say half of all people that play in the system, because many of you like me, we don't play in the system here, right? So this is preposterous. And all you would have to do is imagine that Donald Trump had won the election and things were pretty much the way that they are right now. And that Donald Trump was saying these things. It would just absolutely flip left and right. The right would defend it. Look how low inflation is uh, or unemployment is. And it's, it, it, yeah, we had bad inflation, but it was all because Democrats. And now, you know, we're getting better. And like, 
And, and the left would lose their minds about it and say, oh, this is the worst economy in the history of uh, since since Hitler ate children for breakfast or something like that. I mean, that's because everything's Hitler with the left now, probably because they are fascist and, you know, it's kind of that what, uh, gaslighting type of thing going on there. But, yeah, like, this is ridiculous. And, like, the, it, the pompousness and arrogance that's still in Biden. Yeah, I got that. I got that. Like, you're stupid for telling. I'm the president of the United States. I don't know how to put my shoes on anymore. But I know things are bad. It's um, it, it's reminiscent of the speech that 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 President Camacho gives in Idiocracy, except it's not as entertaining, and it's like a sad has been instead of like some you know wrestler that's the, or, or MMA fighter or whatever Camacho was supposed to be. It's preposterous, and this this thing, and this is not a unique thing to the left or Biden. This thing that government claims that it created jobs is absolutely ridiculous. Government is incapable of creating actual jobs. Now, I guess you can create jobs by stealing a bunch of money and then hiring 87,000 IRS agents. And technically, then the government. So we could say government can be given blame for creating jobs in the government sector. Right. Not not credit, but blame for doing so, because it's a. Uh, Did anybody ever see the old, there's a meme, and I'm sure it was just a joke going on. It looks like it was in India or Pakistan or something. It was like four dudes pushing like this tore up, beat up ass old pickup truck down a road. And there's a dude in the bed of the pickup truck. He's standing in the bed pushing against the cab. And it says when government employees say they pay, they pay taxes too. Because that's how that works. But this idea that government creates jobs in the private sector is insane. And what we have is a labor shortage, not a job surplus right now. We have a labor shortage because people don't want to work. They don't want the jobs that are available. And we also have this massive influx of illegal labor that we'll get to. But that illegal labor is not addressing the problem. We don't have really a labor shortage for people doing landscaping work or construction work at the lower end of things. Some people do come here from, from other countries uh, in a manner that we refer to as illegal with a significant amount of skill set with them, but most of them are low-skilled labor. And that's the niche that they occupy. They're, they're house cleaners, they're uh, maintenance people, and, and people that clean at hotels and stuff like that. I don't put anybody down. It just that's, that's not where the real shortage in labor is today. It's middle and upper-skilled uh, uh, jobs uh, in, in computers and engineering. It's also in – it is in the service industries as well, like restaurants and stuff, but it's generally people that have to be fluent in English to be able to do that, and many of the people coming in aren't. So we don't have anything addressing this labor shortage. We have a situation where it's less about employment, more about the total dollars chasing less product, as I've said before, and I'll, I'll keep saying it. You can have abundant money, or you can have abundant everything else. You can't have abundant money and abundant everything else. Money is the only thing on the planet that when there's more of it, it does not enrich society. Making more money does not make anybody in the general average population wealthier. It actually makes them poor. Now, the richest people, they get to skim every time they print more. Oh, that's different. That's different. If you're close to the faucet, it's called the Cantillon effect, right? If you're close to the faucet, yeah, baby, you print money printer go burr and I take my piece for doing nothing. Sure. But the average person is impoverished through the printing of money. 
but their, their lives are enhanced through the production of goods and services. That creates real demand. That, and there's nothing that this clown is doing, nothing that his administration has done where they should get any credit whatsoever. And it amazes me that people think the solution is more voting or whatever. I want to show you these next two people. This is, um, this is one of those things. It, it won't be as impactful for those of you that are on the audio only. You can definitely find the link, uh, in the show notes today. Uh, but this, the, the big thing for those that don't see the video here, this is not like two really young, stupid kids. You know, like when they, they send people out to troll, like Jesse Waters does it or something like that. And they go out to the beach on the 4th of July and ask who the United States was, who, who the United States got its freedom from during the revolution. And they say something stupid like Germany or something like that. Like, and he's got like a drunk 19 year old girl that's freaked out to be on camera and you just keep asking until you get a dumb these are adults they look like otherwise capable of functioning people like these are people that can feed themselves right like they can actually put the food into their mouth without a cork on their fork without taking their eye out check this out this is just great Hi. how are you Good. what are you doing, are you doing? Huh? what are you doing what are you doing with that uh, I'm sorry, not the gas, but the tire. Can you help me instead of taking the You know what that is? No. That's propane. Oh, shit. Thank you for letting us know. Yeah. Yeah. Those people vote, too. And don't start your shit, some of y'all. We're not a democracy. We're a republic. We are a constitutional republic in the form of a representative democracy, or we are a representative democracy in the form of a constitutional republic. Phrase it either way you want to. We are both. We are both. These people will make decisions about who is in charge of your life if you allow yourself to let those people be in charge of your life. You have two choices in this world today. And the reason I've done this show here today on Clown World, and I did the show Thursday on Clown World, one, it's fun it is like a pressure release valve once in a while. Like once in a while, you just need to talk about this stuff and get it off your chest. And then we can go back to like, you know, how to build a hydroponic system or how to breed American breast chickens so that we have an unlimited protein supply in our backyard or something like that. We, we need that relief valve. But the other reason is because it is becoming, comp- it, it is becoming more and more apparent to me anyway that as I said Thursday, we live in the upside down now. Not the upside down from uh, Stranger Things, but the real upside down, where everything's just backwards from the way that it should be. Superman has the backwards S on his chest. The Justice League is, is evil. Like, it's just, it's unbelievable some of the things that we have to do, right? There's unbelievable some of the things that we have to do to simply live our lives. We, we live in a time today where it is literally now considered an extremist position to believe as follows. Especially, I'm going to go back to being younger than I am now, like to be 25, 30 years old. All I want is to raise a couple, three kids, be married for the rest of my life, and be left alone. Grow a little bit of my own food, make sure my kids get a real education, not what the state demands of them. But basically, my biggest desire in life is I want to be left alone. This is now... That makes you, if you tell somebody that today in the mainstream media, you know what they'll say you are? Oh, oh, I know what you are. You're one of them 
uh, MAGA Republicans, ultra MAGA Republicans, right? Like, no, I want, I want nothing to do with that. I just want to be left alone. Oh, 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 oh. silence is violence. Remember that during the beat, the, the Black Lives Matter, uh, protest? Silence is violence. It, you are violent against people simply by not speaking the way that you're told to speak. If you don't virtue signal properly, you are the enemy. This is the upside down. And so you can jump into that system. Like I said last week, you can go up on top of shit mountain and have a, a, a shit throwing contest with the other monkeys. Or you can become as ungovernable as possible. And that's the actual reason for doing a show like this. Also a lot more of you guys show up when I do a show like this. But next one I have for you, this is a cop. This is a cop. And she's going to tell you what the hell you need to do if you're ever like out on the highway and you see a cop behind you. This is what you need to do. And if you don't do it, you're wrong and they'll find a reason, right? They'll find a reason to pull you over. You, you better listen to this lady. This is, this is blatant thuggery that you're about to hear right here. Blatant thuggery. I, I promise you. PSA to everyone out there. I'm speaking for myself, but I'm probably speaking for a large majority of other officers out there. If we're driving on the freeway in our police car, get the f*** out of the way. Get the f*** out of the way. If you merge and we follow behind you and we merge too, you're probably in trouble. Best way to find that out is get the f*** out of the way. I can go 90 miles an hour. You can't. You can't do that. So get the f*** out of the way. If us officers stay behind you long enough, we can find a reason to pull you over. So you might as well get the f*** out of the way. Super simple. That's all. You're welcome. All right. So this is, this is blatant public threatening by a law enforcement agent of the government. That's what that was. She may not be lying. Hunter says she ain't lying. She's not lying. They can always find a reason to pull you over. There's a game these guys play. That happens all the time, especially in like a dark highway at night. This happened to me. Eventually they went away and didn't pull us over because they looked through the window and saw my, at the time, like 12 year old son sleeping on the window and my wife sitting next to me and probably didn't hurt that we were white. It was in South Florida. Um, the one year we, j we went to Sanibel Island. We just could not get a flight into Fort Myers. So we made a, an audible call and we flew into, uh, uh, Fort Lauderdale and drove across. It's about a two hour drive. So it was doable. It was better than driving all the way there. And um, so we had to leave super early. It was like four o'clock in the morning and we're on the highway and there's not another car around and the lights come up behind me and the car sits behind me. Right. And it's sitting behind me with high beams on and it's just sitting there and I'm doing like two miles over the speed limit. And I dial down the uh, cruise control to one mile under and I just sit there and Dorothy goes, pull away from this guy. So this is a cop. She's like, how do you know it's a cop? I'm like, I know it's a cop. So finally, pull, they pull alongside of me. They pull up real slow. And then they hang in my blind spot with their eyes blinding me. Okay, this is dangerous, dickheads. This is dangerous behavior. And it's this mindset. Well, they must be doing something. I'll find a reason. Eventually, they did pull up and look in the car. And then they went on about their way. They, they like, oh, there's nothing here. So they, they, they're fishing expedition. And people would say, well, they left you alone. No. They conducted themselves in a manner that was absolutely unsafe because they hoped they would find something. It was unsafe. It's unsafe to get up and, and, and tailgate somebody with high beams on them. 
It is unsafe to sit in somebody's freaking blind spot with high beams on. But this woman is telling the truth. She's telling the truth. This is how these people think. This is how these people think. And it's not every cop. I'm not an all cops or bastards person. But I believe I'm more of an all cops can be bastards person. That if you give somebody as much power and authority as cops have, and as much privilege and protection as cops have, there will come a time when all of them will do things they shouldn't, which is a problem with the entire system. But some have a more propensity to be bastards. Some of them are more... This person is a thug. I'm going to tell you who this girl is. This woman... I should call her a girl because she's acting like a girl, not a woman. This This girl is a girl who was picked on as a kid, most likely. She was picked on as a kid. She was ignored. When she said, when she thought she had power over somebody, she didn't. Then you give her a little ass a gun, a taser, and suit her up like she's a soldier, right? Give her a car and a badge and a radio to call for help. The mouth comes out. You better do what we expect you to do or we will punish you because we can. I can drive 90. You can't. Let me tell you something, cops. No. By the law, no, you can't drive 90 unless there's a reason to. And if you're behind me and you need to be doing 90 and you have a legitimate reason to, you have those little lights up there, you turn them on and I get out of your way. I don't treat your vehicle any different than I treat anybody else's vehicle. I really don't. I don't. You're behind me. You want to get around me, get around me. I don't care. I'm not there to make your life easier because you have freaking whoopee lights and the state's logo on you. But this is what I thought of when I saw this. You know, she got, she did get disciplined for this. She got suspended from one shift of work. I'm sure she got paid for it anyway. So she didn't get to work for like one shift. That was what the department did to punish her for this. I think that anytime we have an officer behaving like this on video, and this is good because they're getting so brazen, they're self-recording. There should be a database somewhere. And then there should be like, people should do a little bit of independent research. What's her name? What's her department? What's her badge number? And what was the date of the offense? See, I consider that an offense. And then if somebody gets a ticket or arrested or whatever, this database should be, you know, officer, officer bitch face on Thursday the 14th, right, from department whatever, shows up. And as an attorney, well, I think I want to put that. If I have a person who was arrested by this officer and I'm, a, and I'm an attorney, and I get access to that video, and I don't try to enter that video into the court record. I, I, have, I should be disbarred. I haven't done my job. We should make this really easy to do. Somebody out there has the technical skills to start building this thing. We have all kinds of free video hosting, Odyssey and whatnot. There's all kinds of blockchain tech and other things. All it is is really some searchable fields. We need the name, the position, the department, Badge number, things like that. That'd be interesting. And I think it'd be really interesting. You're not even talking about a criminal case. Let's say that I got pulled over by this officer and cited with an infraction. Like my wheel slightly went over the line. She uses that as an excuse because they'll find a reason to pull me over. Gets nothing out of it. I never went across the line, right? And she cites me for it anyway because she's in a particularly bitchy mood that day. Well, I, as a private citizen, I think even just in traffic court, I might be like, 
Well, Your Honor, um, I believe that this officer is the kind of person that will find a reason to pull somebody over and threaten people and be uh, particularly rude to people. And I feel like that's what was done to me. And she covered herself because there's no video of my car going across the line. I've noticed the dash cam video. Can I show you this video of this officer saying that she did exactly what I – she does exactly what I said she did to me? Wouldn't it be interesting to have that available to us? And I know some of you cops that listen to this show that are pretty, you know – Pretty sane guys that don't like what you just saw will email me and explain to me about the greater good again, which is always for the greater worse, by the way, and explain that like this could actually have bad guys who really need to go to jail get off. Okay, then I'm going to say to you what I've always said to you. Fix your shit, cops. Fix your shit. Suspended for a shift? No. What should have happened is you guys need to start acting like what you are, which is a gang, which means you self-police. The gangs have more discipline than the cops at this point. This is stupid behavior. This is a woodshed moment. This is a bunch of your fellow officers going, hey, what the hell is wrong with you? Why are you acting? Not only why are you saying this, why are you doing this? The problem is there's two, the number of people like this, you know, the, the, oh, she's the one of a few bad apples. Whenever they use that term, first I consider it insulting. A few bad apples, a few bad apples, a few bad apples, right? Like, you're talking about people that destroy people's lives. Somebody goes down on a felony they weren't supposed to go down on. It destroys their life. If somebody ends up accused of a felony that they end up eventually cleared of, it can still destroy their lives financially, emotionally. People around them can say, like, we have video, I have, I've seen videos of cops planting drugs on people. Okay, so th- th- this, this whole bad apple thing right there, is, is, it's, it's sanctimonious, it's disingenuous, and it's insulting to people who have been harmed by these people. Bad apple is not the right word. Oath-breaking piece of shit is the right phrase to describe a person that does this. But there's another thing, and, 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 and uh, Joe has it. One bad apple spoils the whole lot. We have allowed these bad apples to be in the barrel for decades now, and there's more people like that in law enforcement. That are not. And the more you're in a big city department, the more it's true. I've had a few times where I've had encounters with the Tarrant County Sheriff's Department. Honest to God, I can't say that any of them have ever been anything other than completely professional and reasonable and helpful. 100% of the time. 100% of the time. I've had encounters with Dallas PD, and I felt like, why are you treating me like I'm a criminal? Why are you talking to me like I'm some sort of piece of shit? And it's, it's, it's exactly what happens. The bigger the city, the bigger the apartment, the more of this thuggery happens because the more they work together and the more they get in their gang mode and start telling other people what you need to do. This whole idea that if we had an anarchy, if we had a voluntary society that gangs would control everything is ignoring the gangs that control everything. It really is. It really is. Next up, I want to talk to you about something that's going on. I'm not going to pull this one up on the screen. This is interesting to me, though. Started, as best I can tell, with NBC News put out a tweet. I do have the link in the audio notes for you when the, the live feed's over. But the left has started this media narrative now that is being picked up and repeated that when DeSantos or Abbott, DeSantos, DeSantis or Abbott, 
are sending these people who are here in our country illegally, undocumented, call them what you want to, cross the border without documents. I don't care. Say however you want. When they send them to places like Clutch Those Pearls, Martha's Vineyard, they're dumping their trash on somebody else. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did you just say what I think you said? No, you guys didn't just say that, did you? Surely no. No, they're repeating it left and right in the media now. DeSantis is dumping his trash in Massachusetts. Wouldn't that make the people that they're supposed to be so concerned about the trash? See, this is the thing. And this has always been the case in America. The liberal left, specifically the white liberal left, has always been the most racist group of people in this country. And they still are. They're the most racist and xenophobic people. They love to signal that they value diversity, but they sure don't want it in their own backyard. So two million illegals come into our country, mostly through Arizona, Texas, and California this year. Two million. That's a total number of encounters. That's how many we know. So let's say Texas has three-quarters of a million. It's probably more like a million, three-quarters of a million. That's okay. But you send 50 of them to Martha's Vineyards, and oh, dear God, I cannot believe they've done this. They're throwing out their trash in our backyard. Sanctimonious, racist assholes. So then you know what they did? I found this, this, I had to research this to make sure it was true, that it wasn't being falsely reported, because it sounded so stupid. So they, they dispatch the Massachusetts National Guard to Martha's Vineyard, to relocate these people to Joint Base Cape Cod for assistance. How many National Guardsmen, this almost sounds like, like, how many does it take to change a light bulb type joke, right? How many National Guardsmen does it take to handle 50 illegal folks hanging out in Martha's Vineyard, not causing anybody any trouble? If you actually look at the video of them supposedly being kidnapped, we'll get to that in a second. They're like sitting there with rollerboard luggage and shit. They look like fine people. A dozen? Two dozen? Right? Like, hey guys, come on this way. 125. Texas, Arizona, Florida, New Mexico, California. Two million illegal aliens. No problem. Hey, just let them come in. No problem at all. No problem. Shut up, you racist, for saying anything about this. 50 get sent to Cape Cod. Or I'm sorry, to Martha's Vineyard. The, the curls get clutched, and 125 soldiers are activated on emergency orders to relocate 50 people. I think you could have handled this with a charter bus. I think you could have handled this with an Uber app. None of these people were resisting going in. They're like, I don't know. They said I could come here, and I wanted to come here. Okay, now let's go on to especially some of the people in the anarcho world and what they're saying about this. We can be retarded, too, and you people are. You are. This is kidnapping. So that's the left's narrative. But a lot of people in the liberty movement are picking that up. This is kidnapping. This is human trafficking, whatever. Okay. All of these people knew where they were going and said they wanted to go there. Now, I have a problem with this whole program in Florida and Texas. It's not the problem everybody else seems to be having. My problem is how we're paying for it. We're doing it with stolen money. Now, I guess part of me is like, well, they stole the money. The money's already stolen. So you might as well do something with it. Um, I guess. I'm sure we could come up with better things to do with it. 
But if this program was 100% voluntary on both sides, I actually would think it was brilliant. This is kind of my idea from a long time ago. What I've always said is that people solve problems when you make the problem their problem. And these people like Lori Lightfoot's losing her mind because they sent a few hundred people to Chicago. We're not prepared to deal with this. Ah, Texas, screw you. A million of them, five. Just do it. But when you send a couple hundred to Chicago, it's a catastrophe. This is what you have to understand about these programs. These people in our country have been, these are people that have been processed by our federal government. They've been issued like a court date. Come back in two and a half years and we'll tell you if you can stay or not. At that point, they are free to remain in this country and they are free to go any, I don't know if you know this or not, they're free to go anywhere that they want to go. And the Biden administration has flown tens of thousands of them all over the country in the dark of night and dumped them off in places that are more conservative, like, you know, White Plains, New York. But we'll just, if you, if you know that, that's good, but it doesn't address this issue. That's just, well, the other side did it too. Okay, fine. But why are they able to do it? Because these people can go anywhere they want. And now that this is actually beginning to have its desired effect, all of a sudden it's a problem. But it wasn't until it had its desired effect. When this all started, when Abbott and DeSantis first announced this, and they sent a few people to D.C., and they sent a few people somewhere else. I don't remember where. Uh, Deadhead Red, Jen Paskey, was still the White House press secretary. And somebody asked her about it at a conference. And she, here's what here's a, this is exactly what she said. It's paraphrased, but it's exactly what she said. Well, we think it's very nice of the governor of Texas to have given these people a ride to a place they wanted to go to. That was the left's take on this six months ago. That was what the left's, it was, by the way, they were being, they were, they were being honest for a minute. All these people every once in a while are accidentally honest. They were being honest for a minute. That was the truth. That's what Abbott was doing. That's what DeSantis was doing. Hey, where would you like to go? So the way this works now is these people are presented with an option. Hey, um, do you want to stay here? Or would you like to go to Los Angeles, San Francisco, Washington, D.C.? Uh, the Martha's Vineyard was a stroke of genius, right? Chicago, like, is there some place you would rather be? Yeah, I want to go to Chicago. Okay, we have a we have a bus, a plane, whatever, leaving on Thursday. Now, the purest libertarian will say, but that's stolen money. I agree. We're not having that discussion. We're having the whole lie that we're kidnapping these people. So these people that were supposedly kidnapped are, sta- again, they're standing with rollerboard luggage. They look like they're tourists waiting to go somewhere. Right. I I actually think that in the current system, this is one of the more brilliant things I've seen a politician do. Now, again, this isn't about it being right or wrong. This is about it being effective. Do you know how many people right now that live in the Midwestern United States, swing states, et cetera, are watching this and going, what the hell is going on? Now, there's about there's your typical Democrat voter that will always vote Democrat no matter what. You could we, we have reincarnate. Hitler and reincarnate Stalin and make them running mates, and they're going to vote for him. Actually, now they might actually want to. I don't know. Who knows? But you, no matter how ridiculous it is, they'll defend it. And there's people like that on the right, too. But the middle is who decides these elections. They're people that change their vote or don't always vote. And they're people that are actually subject to influence of tactics like this. And they're going, well, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We've got millions of people coming to this country. The border's supposedly closed, and it's not a problem. But they can't handle 50. Whew. This is, uh, this is, this is the system in action. And I'll tell you what I really believe about what's going on right now. 
Whether it's true or not, whether it's true or not, in the minds of the liberal, they're not liberals, the minds of the leftists, the neo-leftists, the neo-Stalinists, Florida and Texas are a direct threat to everything that they're trying to accomplish. The symbology here is what scares them more than the impact. 50 people in Martha's Vineyard have zero impact on anything. They had to react to this because the sim- they had to counterattack. Now, the counterattack looks like it was done poorly and may not work, but th- th- this idea that somehow this is unchristian-like behavior to give people a ride, it's kidnapping to give people a ride. Yes, it's being done with stolen money, but so is everything else most of you people defend, so don't give me that, right? Like I said, this is this is idiotic. Well, they didn't know where they were going. Every one of them signed a waiver. I bet you it's in both languages, too, because we have to print everything that way in this country now, right? Every single one of them signed. So, yeah, I want to go here. How do you call it kidnapping? Like, let's say that uh, NT here, right? NT here is is at my house, and I say, hey, NT, I don't want you really at my house anymore. And you go, oh, okay. I guess I'll just walk down the street. But you know what, NT? Uh, how'd you like to go to Philadelphia? And NT goes, yeah, I like Philadelphia. I know, I know some people in Philadelphia. Maybe they can help me. All right, NT, I'm going to give you a bus ticket, and it'll it'll drop you off in downtown Philly at the bus station. And I give him a, uh, a ticket, and he goes to Philadelphia. Okay. Is that kidnapping? Do you realize how stupid this is? We're in the upside down. The the point of this isn't that it's not kidnapping. It's that there is a huge percentage of people in this country that will swallow that and believe that as though it's verbatim in fact. (sighs) What do we got next? How about chemtrails? No, not the contrails that you see, that you say are chemtrails, and you put your videos up on Instagram or on YouTube or whatever. Like, Actual chemtrails. Yep. If you're watching the live video, you're reading it right. Scientists propose controversial plan to refreeze north and south poles by spraying sulfur dioxide up into the atmosphere. A fleet of 125 military air-to-air refueling tankers would release a cloud of microscopic sulfur dioxide uh, particles at an altitude of 43,000 feet at a latitude of 60 degrees in both hemispheres, slightly shading the Earth's surface below And they would do this in an attempt to refreeze the polar ice caps, which are, by the way, quite frozen, I promise you, if you go there right now. Remember, we would have no ice caps by 2010. Remember Al Gore and his lockbox and no ice caps? We we have plenty of ice. There's actually more ice in Antarctica now than there was in 2010. One side shrunk, the other side grew. It turned out the side that was shrinking had volcanic activity coming out of the ocean floor underneath. You don't believe me? Look it up for yourself. But it's not aspirin. It's aspirin, not penicillin. That's what the guy behind it says. It doesn't fix everything, but we could fix it a little bit with this. This is insanity. 30, 13 million tons of particles will be released in the spring and summer, be enough to cool the polar ice caps by 2C, which is more moderate cooling at mid-latitudes. Uh, according to research published in a scientific journal. Well, we know when they publish research in a scientific journal is true. I mean, if the last two years have done nothing for us, they've taught us that when they publish information in a scientific journal, we can trust the science. This is what nobody's asking these people. 
This is why we live in the upside down. Okay, so you're going to spray 13 million tons of sulfur dioxide up in the atmosphere over the ice caps. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. Y'all ever hear of wind? Air currents? Where is this going to go? Is it going to just stay there? Well, we'll have to spray it every spring and fall or something like that is the plan, right? So where is it going to go? What is sulfur dioxide? Is it good for people? Is it good for plants? Is it good for the planet? Should we be spraying massive amounts of sulfur dioxide up into our atmosphere? It's the upside down, guys. Now, here's the big thing, though. For 20 years, I've been listening to the full-on foil hat conspiracy people. Everything is a chemtrail. And these people have been fed as controlled opposition. And there's, there is controlled opposition and there's fed as controlled opposition. And let me explain the difference. Controlled opposition, the person doing the thing is fully aware of the thing that they're doing. Okay? In other words, that person claims to be on this side of the issue. They also, they know they're working for the other side of the issue. And they're under the control of the party they're actually working for and they're spreading misinformation intentionally to strengthen the other cause. There's actually very little of that because Fed controlled opposition, not federal, Fed like to feed, works so much better and it always leaves plausible deniability. So you get these conspiracy types and then you feed them little bits of information that makes them think they're on the right track and they go further and further and you always push them to go further. You even build financial incentives for them to go further. Somebody tells you the truth about McCovey's on YouTube, they get their video taken down, but you can spread all the misinformation you want about shit like this and nothing happens. Isn't that interesting? Why would you do this? Why would you do this? So now this is what's going to happen. All of those sources have been pushing the crazy. And here's what I mean by craziness. Picture of a bunch of contrails on a calm day in a humid environment near an airport as evidence of chemtrails. Now, anybody with a basic understanding of how things work goes, dude, those are contrails. Okay? That, th- those are contrails. And they, they write you off as a lunatic. If you have people lunatic that way for this long, and there's been other, there's actual chemicals spraying into the atmosphere. There's multiple programs doing it. It's always been legit. I've never said otherwise. What I've said is the airplane flying your Aunt Edna to Atlanta is not spraying chemtrails. You'd have to have all the Delta American Eastern, you know, whoever's left Southwest pilots in on this to do this. You'd have to be modifying commercial passenger aircraft for the purpose of doing this. You'd have to have somebody refueling all of their silver dioxide or whatever chemical they're spraying today, right? And that is the claim that's made by these nutters. And the nutters are fed more information, more credence. They're probably actually not like they take people like me and they shadow ban me. They actually probably adjust them up, get them more views, build them up. It's because they actually hurt the truth. Because here's what's going to happen now. People are going to take that article I just showed you where you have legitimate, well, legitimate, okay, you have people in authority within the realm of science and government working together in a fascist world legitimately saying, we have a plan to spray 13 tons of sulfur dioxide into the atmosphere over the north and south pole of the world to block the sun and lower the temperature two degrees centigrade We're going to do this. This is our plan. We think it'll help. It's a band-aid until we get a handle on carbon emissions. 
And if you would have done this 20 years ago, I think most people were like, you're going to do what? And now it's Eon. And if you try to, oh, that's that chemtrail craziness. This is being done across the board in the upside down that we call our modern world. That's what's happening. They, they're feeding controlled opposition. It doesn't know it's controlled, obviously. The people making these videos, the people are like, I've never seen anything like this before. Well, I used to see it all the time when I used to live in Florida, right near the Naval Air Station. Right? They didn't do this in the 70s. Well, I saw it in the 70s. It's, and I, I think I'm wasting my time. You either understand it or you don't. You believe what I'm saying or you don't. What about TikTok, though? We all know TikTok can be kind of a, a time waster and what have you. And I've always thought that, like, some of the stuff that goes on in TikTok, the uh, the craving of attention by young people um, was a problem. And, and and I I really felt that it's not in the best interest, especially of younger people, to be watching this shit all the time. What I didn't know is what I'm about to play for you right now. This guy... Very articulate man. I had no idea this was the case. So here we go. Do you know which country made TikTok? China. Do you know that China controls the algorithm of what you see? Do you know this? If you're in America and you open up TikTok, if you're in Britain and you open up TikTok, there is a specific algorithm to reach you that is not in China. If you're in China and you open up TikTok... What they, the Chinese government, wants you to receive as youth, as people using TikTok, are people who are doing good things, achievements, youth making social enterprise, youth becoming successful in math competitions, youth becoming masters of karate, youth doing something with their life. And you are rewarded. That algorithm is that the Chinese government makes you see it positive things for social development. Did you know here and in the United States, they, China, send you a different algorithm? Do you know what they send you? All the nonsense that you see. They want you to see girls dancing, boys and girls dancing with each other, pranks upon your parents, pranks upon people. How many pranks do you see? Yeah, I'm not saying it's not funny. Some of them are downright hilarious. But if you want to destroy a nation, destroy a generation, you make them in their mind be rewarded with the dopamine for thinking stupid things are good, thinking that this is what you're supposed to grow up doing. A large proportion of people grow up thinking that this is what life is about. But in China, they don't let their children think that. Next time you open up TikTok or Instagram or whatever, and you see this, understand that you are being played. Um, what I didn't know was that there were two different algorithms. I didn't know that the user experience in China was so different than that in America. And... I would have expected it for the purpose of censorship of things like political information and whatever, but not that way. But not that way. And uh, Xavier Hawk's saying he can't hear me. Anybody else having problems? I, I don't think that's the case. Anyway, two different, two different algorithms. One that encourages what you would think of as Good citizenship, I guess. And good citizenship in China versus America, different, very different things. But you, you see what he's, he's getting at there. And you're being played. I have to ask you guys a question today. When are you not being played anymore today? At what point 
are you not being played by the media and your government? Do you ever feel at any point that anybody's really being straight with you outside of people that are independent, like podcasters and like myself and what have you? But I mean, like any mainstream source, do you, do you ever think you're being given the whole story and the truth and you're not being played when a politician is speaking, when the government is speaking through a bureaucrat, when MSNBC is speaking, when Fox News is speaking? And I, I hope the answer to that is absolutely not. Now, Is it ever the case that what you're being told is basically the truth? I think that happens all the time. I think they tell the truth in pieces and parts all the time because the best way to sell a lie is through using selective truths. Or as the old saying goes, the, a clock that's off by five hours is not dangerous, but one that's off by ten minutes can be very dangerous. The clock that's off by five hours, you look at it and go, that clock's wrong. The clock that's off by ten minutes makes you miss your flight. So I think there's a lot of clocks off by 10 minutes in our media. And uh, when I say media, I mean the news media, and I mean entertainment media, and I mean social media. There's a lot of 10-minute wrong clocks out there. <sighs> so I don't know what you guys will do with that, but I've pretty much made it the case that my grandkids don't see TikTok. And they have friends and family that do. And I just, it's, I, I just, I don't think it's, a good thing. I don't think there's anything to be gained in it as a consumer. I know people that make a lot of money using it and they reach a broader audience with it. And I think that's fine for what it is, but I don't see any upside to letting your, your little girl in the formative years of her life, when she's already struggling with identity issues and things like that and, and, and not thinking she's good enough, become convinced that she's actually given some level of Uh, recognition or whatever because some random person hit a heart button on TikTok because she showed a little bit more of her ass this time than last time. And I, I, I really think that we need to, uh, we need to think about what we're letting into the minds of our children. You know, I often say not to let your kids go to the government school if you have a choice not to. Homeschool, charter school, private school, anything's better, right? But there's a lot that goes into the minds of our youth today that is going in there for a reason. That is going in there for a reason. And the two things that I see being shoved at our kids today are a desire to conform. That's what they want. They want conformists. They want people that will obey and depravity. Like a complete destruction of morals. And guys, you know me, I'm not a prude. In fact, a lot of people stop listening to me because I say fuck too frequently or something like that, right? But there's adult language for adult discussions, and there's a way that we handle things when we're talking to children. And talking to children about mutilating their genitals when they're five is not acceptable under any circumstances whatsoever. And if you think it is, the next thing you should see is a backhoe pushing dirt on top of you. That's how I feel. And this depravity, and it's in all things, to make our children no longer value anything that we would think of as positive morals other than the positive morals of obedience to authority. Like that is the – so I'm back to what I talked about last week with the guys from the Uncommunist Manifesto, right? A bone marrow transplant. If I want to save Joe's life here, right, who's in the chat right now, or Karen's life here who's in the chat right now, and – They need a bone marrow transplant. And Richard is a good donor who's also in the chat right now. 
And Richard says, yeah, I'll donate my bone marrow. So we numb them up and we pull a bunch of bone marrow out of them. I can't just go to Joe or Karen and just pump pump Richard's bone marrow into them. I first have to do a drastic radical irradiation and completely wipe out Joe's bone marrow until there is none left. And then I will graft in the donor bone marrow. And hopefully it will take, and then it will become his bone marrow and build his immunity back up. And this is why, like, before you do this irradiation thing, you've got to make damn sure you have the donor bone marrow available. Because once you've wiped it out, that person is going to die if they don't get that transplant. But we have to wipe it out. So if we have a basic morality in this country of treat everybody the same no matter what color they are, Like, that's a basic moral tenet that I was brought up with. Everybody should be treated the same. And now we want to flip that to white people are privileged and everybody should be treated the same except white people who are bad. Then we have to irradiate the pre-existing morality of treat everybody equally. Be nice to everybody. Hire the best person for the job. Don't do it based on the color of their skin or whatever. Best qualified person gets the job. That's a basic moral tenet that was part of this country for a long time. You have to get rid of it. You have to eradicate it. If you have a basic moral tenet that it is good for a man and woman to become husband and wife and raise children, making sure that there is a good uh, replacement generation coming next, and you want to change that into making single moms heroes that don't wear capes to be admired, you have to first eradicate the traditional morality. And again, I'm not approved. And I got nothing against somebody that gets a divorce because it really didn't work out. My grandparents on my dad's side stayed together their whole life. They hated each other by the time it was over with. They would have been much better off separated. But we've now made it to the fact you're more likely to get divorced than you are to stay married. Well, you want that to be the case. You have to eradicate. You have to irradiate. And that's what's being done to our children. We're irradiating all the traditional basic moral values of Western culture. So that it can be replaced with the only thing that really matters. The only morality that you need to have to be a good person is whatever the, the status quo tells you, you believe and do and repeat. You tell me that's not what's going on right now. You tell me that's not the clown upside down world that we're living in right now. And then you have people that are supposed to be professionals that have no idea what they're talking about. I, I found this today and it made me happy to find it, even though I didn't like what the person, original person said, because it was one of my followers on Twitter. And I don't know this guy really well, but he's, I think he's been around a while. And this, uh, Lisa Abramovics, I can't pronounce her name. She's a blue check, you know, so she's obviously really important if you get a blue check on Twitter. This is what she said. She's trying to make the case that rich people are not suffering. Poor people are suffering with this inflation and cost. That's for the goal here. The goal here is to make it, again, the upper middle class white person is bad. That's the goal of this. This is interesting, though. She says about half of U.S. income is earned by households making more than $100,000 per year, with most owning their own homes. So the largest expense for these households isn't rising, even with tighter federal policy. But wages are going up, perhaps explaining why core inflation is so sticky. KCB head. 
Again, I don't really, I don't know Casey. He just is one of my followers. But if you look at his picture there, right, Eric Casey, he looks a lot more Jack Spierko than Lisa Amber Vundanitz, doesn't he? He looks a little redneck hippie duck farmer, doesn't he? You know, it looks like if, you, if somebody introduced you, you know, Jack Spierko has a brother he never talks about. This is him. You'd be like, oh, okay, I can buy that. Yeah, not exactly, but yeah, maybe different dads or something, but yeah. All right. His response, eloquent, like eight words, period. The largest expense for these households is taxes, period. Isn't that interesting? Now, do you understand why that was so succinct and, and why this person, this, uh, what's her name here? Lisa, why she, what she was inferring was the largest expense in the life of somebody like me. She's describing me, a household with an income greater than $100,000 a year that owns its own home, right? Do you understand why she would say that, that my biggest expense doesn't go up? She's trying to say housing is our largest expense. Housing's our largest. Now, my largest expense, honestly, is the combined health care costs of myself and my wife. That's more than my housing. And that keeps going up, by the way. But my cost of housing keeps going up. Now, I bought my house almost 10 years ago now. I bought very smart. I bought, I lowballed the offer even for the time. And I have a house payment that if you took away the cost of property taxes, is less than a lot of people's freaking rent now for an apartment. We just saw apartments renting in downtown Fort Worth, upper end apartments, 600 square feet renting for $1,600. And somebody in California is going, what? What? I'll take three, right? So my overall expense for housing, if we're actually looking at the cost of my mortgage, is relatively low. But over the last three years, my property taxes have gone up over $1,000 a year. Now, but taxes aren't an expense. That's the price you pay, Jack, to live in a civilized society. And then what, if you want to, what is the, a person that makes Household income over $100,000, especially later in life, kids are out the door. They're no longer usable as a deduction, even though a lot of us are still paying. And I'm not, to be fair. My son is a, is a good man. He stands up on his own. But a lot of people in my position are still funding the lives of their children and their grandchildren to a large degree. They don't get that deduction anymore, though, do they, right? And their property taxes go up. Well, what has happened to their income taxes as well? And so this idea that, that these people are insulated from inflation is ridiculous. And it goes back to every generation blaming the one before. This is all class warfare. This is all designed to make the young person that's like a 20-something, early 30-something, hasn't got a house yet. I'm miserable because of those people who were successful. You're not miserable because I own a house. You're miserable because you don't own a house. My owning a house doesn't prevent you from owning a house. You have to ask yourself, this is something we need to start teaching people, all these 20, 30-year-old people who are highly educated but have been made stupid. What we need to start teaching them is you need to figure out when you have a pain point, why does that pain point actually exist? What actually caused that pain point? All the people over here who worked really hard to have what you want and set an example of how to get it, Or is it manipulation of our currency? Is it the ability of our, uh, the, the state 
to just change the interest rate on debt, to print money at will. And then the onerous continuing march of more and more regulation upon what it takes to actually build a house. And then the destruction of all these small communities that we have empty housing all over the country. I know it's hard to believe, but we do. And a lot of our houses you wouldn't want to live in now because they're in disrepair because they were abandoned for so long. I've been through towns in, in rural communities that you can tell used to be really something kind of neat. And you could drive through the downtown, there's trees growing through buildings in the middle of downtown. Not homeless tents. Not homeless tents. Not L.A. Not Phoenix, where you have all the homeless living in camps. No, the people just left. They abandoned everything. We are in a decline of population in this country if you remove immigration. A decline in population. When a society begins to have a population decline, we're not talking about a short-term devastating thing like a, a actual pandemic that actually kills a lot of people, right? Not, not like, oh, they died with it, so they had it, and so it killed them. But actual. Like if you had, like let's say some version of smallpox come back that our current vaccines didn't work for, and it took a year to figure it out, and we lost like 5 million people, that would be a temporary dip in the population, right? When you have a sustained long-term decline in the reproductivity of a civilization, that civilization is on its way out the door. It's on its way out the door. And we live in a world where that is actually seen as a good thing. In a lot of ways, it's like, you remember Independence Day? We're being exterminated. You are the carbon they want to reduce. Not everything that's an extermination looks like an extermination. It's a long-term bleed. If you, if you stop reproduction, you don't have to kill anybody. You just have to wait. It's a lot less messy, right? It's a lot less messy than having to bury a million people extra a year. And it's a lot slower because there is a cliff, Right? There's a cliff where the certain group of the population begins to just die in large numbers every year. And it, without the replacement, it's actually faster in the long run. It's easier to get away with. If you change people's diet so that reproduction falls through the floor, fertility falls through the floor, testosterone and sperm count goes down, you encourage. Now, if you're gay and you want to be gay, go be gay, right? But you encourage homosexual relationships, not You're not, it's, I'm not okay with it. You would be, you would be a better person if you were gay. And how do you do that? By criticizing so-called cisgendered people, which just means normal. Creating this attitude that like, you're cool if you're gay or a lesbian or whatever. You're cool if you do sex change operation. Either way, you ain't having kids now, are you? We can adopt. You're not reproducing. Maybe some of you, some of you, some of you feel like maybe they shouldn't reproduce, but this overall, Reduction in, re in reproduction is dangerous. It is leading toward the collapse of not the United States. Western culture as a whole It's being systematically eradicated. This is why when I started out with, it is now an extremist, racist, fascist, put any other ist on it you want, ultra MAGA position to say, I want to be left alone. Just leave me alone. Oh, looks like we got ourselves an extremist here, right? But literally, that's where we're at. Okay, look, I don't want any trouble. I don't want to bother anybody. 
I don't even vote in your clown show. Do whatever you want. I'm going to go over here at my little three-acre place, mind my own business, raise my grandkids, teach them right and wrong based on my traditional values, not bother you, and teach them to leave you alone and let you live your life your way. That's unacceptable. That's becoming unacceptable to people. Silence is violence, etc. You must be actively anti the thing we say you have to be anti to for democracy to work. We must build a complete and we, we have to get basically right now we've had a facade of a two party system. Because the deep state is a thing, whether you believe that or not, whether you think the orange man invented it or what, the deep state is a thing. There's another way we refer to the deep state. We call it continuity of government. They're very open about it, especially during the Cold War. The continuity of government is if, if the key people die, everything keeps going. If that is the case, you can't do that without a deep state. And it's, it's more than just a line of succession of power. That's how it's taught to you, right? But if you think about it, if it was just a line of succession of power and you lost a large number of your key players at any one time, it would take a long time to get things functioning again. You actually have to have people that are performing the real function inside the system, deep inside it, and all you're changing are the mouthpieces on the outside. And that's where all of this comes from. That's where all of this comes from. And they are absolutely terrified that people are figuring it out, that people are talking about it, and that people are beginning to do the worst thing you can ever do to them. Turn their back on them. This is the thing that concerns them the most. It is not when you say, I oppose you. They love that. Opposition's great. You can have a fake fight. You can even pretend to lose once in a while. They love that. They don't care when they come out and they say, we have determined A, B, C is the science. And you say, no, it's X, Y, Z. Here's proof. Even when you're right, they don't care. What they care is when you say, I don't believe you. You're irrelevant to me. You don't matter to me. I'm going to go live my own life. That's why they're attacking that more than anything else right now. And you tell me they're not. The worst thing you can be is an apostate in any faith. Someone that hasn't heard the good news yet, hasn't converted yet, well, they're to be forgiven. We just need to explain it better to them so that they can come on board. But the person that was on board with the particular faith and says, I denounce it. I'm leaving. I am gone. Be well. I wish you well, my brethren. Goodbye. That is the problem. And that's how I've been referring to myself this year pretty much everywhere on social media. Statist apostate. I used to be a statist. I haven't been for a long time, but I spent more of my life a statist than I wasn't. Even when I was offended when somebody would say you're a statist, I would say, go screw, I'm a libertarian or whatever. No, I was a statist. I believed in the, the need for the state and I believed in the state's authority in my life. Now, I still believe that the state has an impact on my life. I still believe the state is a danger in my life. I still believe there are certain areas where I must do what they say, at least in certain ways, so that they don't lock me up and throw me in a hole somewhere. But that does not mean that I believe that that authority is legitimate. That does not mean that I believe that authority is legitimate in my life. And that... That is dangerous to the state. That is a mind virus that can spread. 
This is something they don't even ever want to talk about. All they ever say is, who would build the roads? Who would build the schools? Well, here's 15 ways we could do that. Shut up! Right? That's a response to that. And, and, and if there's, if there's anything else like that, you know, that they, they start, every time you give them solutions, they get really, really mad and then they just call you crazy and say it won't work. As though the solution they have actually is working really, really well for everybody. Well, everybody will be poor. Well, here's a bunch of poor people right now. What are you doing for them? Well, we're trying. Well, you've been trying and failing for 200 years. Maybe we should try something else. Maybe we should try something else. Can you give us a little space over here to be left alone in? And we can prove our, our thing works. We're not asking for your help just for you to leave us alone. No, we can't do that. No, we can't do that. This was actually summed up perfectly in the original Rambo movie. Everything you need to know about what's happening now happened in those opening scenes of Rambo. Remember where the sheriff grabs, grabs Rambo by the, the shirt sleeve and tells him he has to leave? Basically, that conversation is... He was looking for a meal. He wanted to eat and he was going to leave anyway. I just, I just want to be left alone. And the sheriff's response is, I'm afraid I can't allow that, son. That's the world we live in today. I just want to be left alone. I'm afraid we can't allow that. We cannot allow you to be left alone. And do you know why they won't leave you alone? They're afraid. They're afraid it'll work. Could you imagine? If the government said, we're going to create a libertarian zone, here's this area, you know, and not the desert of Texas, with some level of natural resources. It actually rains. There's actually soil, right? It's a couple counties in size. We're going to call it a libertarian-free zone. Anybody who wants to can go there and buy a little piece of it and live there, and y'all figure your own shit out, and we will. No building codes. No nothing, we'll just leave it alone. And then go ahead and show us how to do it. And fail miserably so we can prove that you need us. Never happened in a million years. And it won't. Because what do you think would happen? What do you think would happen to that region? Again, it's enough size to actually make something happen. Enough size to actually make something possible. How many people that are productive people would see that as the modern Galt's Gulch and haul ass there? And you think we would all get along? No, we wouldn't all get along. But you know what we know how to do that they don't? We know how to not get along with other people in a productive way. So the statist, when they can't get along with their neighbors, what do they do? They call the police. The voluntarists, when they can't get along with their neighbors, they have lots of options. Honestly, the first thing we do is talk to the neighbor and say, hey, can we work this out? If that can't be done, then we basically, we just say, well, that's how that neighbor is going to behave, but I'm going to basically put security around my property so that they can't directly affect me. And only at the point where they're actually doing something harmful to us that we would get arrested for would we involve the state. And there's even uh, many people have just simply said it isn't worth it. Let somebody else deal with this turd. And if they're not that vested in the property, they move. And when they move, they buy a piece of property that's got enough buffer that that can't happen to them again. Right. That's the solution that, 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 that people that think like us have. I'll go fix the problem myself. 
where the, the, the solution in society is I want someone to fix the problem for me. So it's a real problem when you say, I don't need you to fix the problem for me. Well, if you don't take this, this particular injection, you could die. And you say, well, then I could die. Go away. That's a real problem. That's a real problem when your entire modus operandi is the control of the human mind. And that's why they're trying to exterminate not just us as a people. What they're really trying to exterminate is the common bond of culture, of Western culture, that values the individual. You know, that's the real big difference between Western and Eastern culture. Eastern culture, and some of the wonderful people, there's actually some really well-run countries in the East as well. Not everybody's communist China. There's a really good place to do business in Eastern culture. But the, it's the collective value. We value the good of the collective. They were communists before anybody used the word. Western culture said we first value the rights of the individual. And that the individual's rights must be protected until they damage the collective good. The individual is the smallest minority. If I had to sum up Western culture with one sentence, that would be it. The individual is the smallest minority. It's also true. It's also true. With that, we've wrapped up another episode of the Survival Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did and want to help me out, there's a couple of ways you can do that. One of it is to become a member of the MSB. That's the Member Support Brigade. You can go to the survivalpodcast.com, click on Members, use the discount to get your money back, and it will be all wonderful. You'll get you'll get your money back, and you'll help me. The other thing you can do is do your online shopping at TSPAS, and I have one I want to cover with you guys online today because it's such a damn good deal. These are uh, grow lights, and I have recommended grow lights by a company called Barina for like two years now, and they're fantastic lights. But Barina does not make grow lights. Barina is a brand that resells product that's made over in China. That's what these are. These are the exact same lights. The guy that turned me on in Barina has been using these as well. They're completely interoperable. All the parts interchange. The only thing different on them is the sticker. And, guys, you want to talk about a deal? on These are full-spectrum grow lights. They do a fantastic job between the off, you know, the different brand names and the Barina themselves. I've sold tens of thousands of these over a few years. Tens of, I mean, literally, because each set is, you know, six, eight, four, literally tens of thousands. I have no complaints about them at all. Today, this company, which is, uh, their brand is Kaihung, K-I-H-U-N-G. They have eight packs of the two foot lights on sale for 69 bucks. That's 875 a light and eight packs of the four foot lights on sale for $109. Uh, this was brought to me again. Same guy that originally brought me the Barinas brought me these. And um, I was I, I looked at the price and I said, I actually think that's a little bit more expensive than the Barinas until I realized, and he had said so, that you're getting eight packs versus six packs of the lights. If you've been thinking about setting up an indoor hydroponic system, a seed starting system, I would get these while they're on sale because they're marked down and you get you know more of them. They have worked. Beautifully for me. And the question I get whenever I bring up alternatives is, but you have the pink ones in your system, Jack, and these are white. I've used the white ones and the pink ones. A lot of you guys in the audience have. James White, who's brought the, the, these to me originally, has as well. We have seen zero difference growing the same plants, same distance of light, same conditions between the pink ones and the white ones. I prefer the white. Why? 
I prefer the white because you don't get a pink glow going out your window of your house or your garage, and it doesn't kind of signal that maybe somebody in there is growing a sacred herb or what have you. It attracts less attention. When there's lights on in a window, it's like, oh, he has the lights on. When there's this eerie pink glow, it attracts Karen's. Right. So I actually prefer the white ones. When I first started using them, they really didn't, as far as I knew anyway, have the option to use full spectrum uh, white light, uh, visible anyway, white light. But all the spectrums there. So I would go with the white light ones myself, folks. Um, and, and we got Richard Hastings here uh, saying right here. Uh, white, blue, pink, can't tell the difference in the growth, none. And there's another example, and I, I know Richard uh, from a few exchanges as well, uh, same type of stuff. So anyway, I really recommend those. Remember, you can always help us out by doing your online shopping at tspaz.com. Tomorrow I have an episode of Bitcoin Breakout, but if you're not a Bitcoin person, you might like it anyway. Let me tell you why. We're not really going to talk about Bitcoin. Um, Katie the Russian is going to be on. And Katie the Russian's entire business model she does serve a lot of people in the Bitcoin crypto space. But what she actually does is help people set up Plan B passports, where you get a passport from another country so that if you got to haul ass, you have the option to travel, let's say, as a citizen of the United States or to travel as a citizen of, like, Costa Rica or Honduras or El Salvador or St. Kitts or something like that. Why would you want that? Well, there are times when it's really advantageous to be able to travel as a different nationality. There's also the case that, generally speaking, like when you saw the travel bans happen, right, it didn't apply to people that had a passport from the location. So if they said, well, you can't come into Europe unless you, if you were a citizen of the EU, you could. Or when we did travel bans in America, they would say, you know, you can't, we, they, the orange man did travel bans, but it didn't apply to U.S. Uh, citizens or anybody basically holding a U.S. issued passport. So, I just look at this as two is one, one is none. Is this for everybody? No. Have I done it? No. It's a significant investment, but I think it's really worth hearing about. And I was looking for guests on the breakout, and Katie popped up on Twitter where I did this post. I said, who do you recommend? And she recommended somebody, and I said, honestly, I'd love to have you on. I heard you on Peter McCormick. You were fantastic. Peter McCormick's show, you were fantastic. She said, I'd love that. So we've got her set up for tomorrow. So that'll be a great interview I really recommend you check it out again, even if you're like, I don't care about your Bitcoin. That's not a Bitcoin topic. That's just a topic that Bitcoiners find interesting. With that, have a great day. See you tomorrow. You pull yourself up. They keep bringing you down. Are they going to bail you out or just run you around? said you should have a house the American way. A dollar down, a dollar a month, and you'll never have to pay. There's a better way to do this. Let me show you a better way.